Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Monergy Life. This is Robert Fisher, your host, and I'm so pleased tonight to welcome two very special guests to the show. Uh, we've been doing a series with John Gallo, and this is the third episode in that three-part series. Joining us tonight will be Hilda Miller. And just a little background on both of these guests. I actually first uh, met Hilda, oh, about a year ago, and as a matter of fact, she's, she just called in. Let me bring her on the air. Hilda, is that you? Well, I guess um, there was a little bit of a problem with the uh, the phone. She should be calling in any minute again. Um, I first met Hilda about a year and a half ago. Uh, she's the mom of a friend of mine, and we became fast friends. She then introduced me to John, also about a year and a half ago. And let me see what the problem is here. Hilda, is that you? Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Hold on for one moment. Let me bring John onto the air. Hold on, please. Okay, perfect. John, is that you? Yes, it is. Uh, You guys called in almost exactly at the same time. Uh, Let me welcome John and Hilda to the show. Uh, Guys, I have one very important question for you, and either one of you can answer. Um, who are you? Hilda. I'm a spiritual being having a physical experience. Okay. And, John, would you I'm agree with God. that? Yes. Excellent. So uh, I'm also a spiritual being having a temporary human experience. So I guess the three of us are in the same boat here. Yes, we are. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, While you guys called in, I was just giving our listeners a little bit of background on the two of you and how I met both of you, and I just wanted to add something that I didn't get a chance to say about both of you. I I was able to mention that I, I met you both about a year and a half ago, first Hilda and then John. We all became fast friends, and we have this tradition when we're in the same city of getting together very often on a Thursday for an incredible lunch and discussion. And as we were having the series with John, of course, we could never leave Hilda out. And uh, I thought, wouldn't it be great to bring the two of them on the air to give our listeners a chance to hear some of the things that the three of us talk about when we're together. And of course, the conversation very often is about consciousness. So that's basically the background. You guys are here. I'm so pleased and grateful to have you on the show. Let me just say that before we get started. Well, I'm pleased, I'm, and uh, thanks also for having uh, having me on. I appreciate both of you equally, because if it wasn't for your friendship, I don't think that I would have evolved to this greater awareness as quickly. It's nice to have people around you that affirm the spirituality of life, basically. I mean, that's what I've learned from both of you. Right. And, of course, this is something that uh, is very much in, in uh, everyone's consciousness throughout the world because if anyone is alive today, one must be aware that there are huge shifts going on in the world. Sometimes it's hard to characterize them, but hopefully we can clarify some of the shifts today in the show in regards to spiritual awareness and consciousness. And uh, I think that if we, can, if we can open up people's minds to some new ideas and try to bring some understanding to what's going on, um, we're doing our job. So with that in mind, um, welcome again to the show. And, you know, I had a very interesting experience when I was on my way back um, to my apartment to do the show. Um, I'm in New York City right now, and, and I believe John and Hilda are in Miami. Um, and it was a beautiful day in New York today, one of the first days where it actually went above 60. And I went for a nice long walk and had lunch, and I was taking a walk back to my apartment, about a mile and a half walk, which I love to do in New York. And just taking in all the energy of the city, all the people, 
I came home about 5.30, and I said to myself, what's the best way for me to prepare for the show? And I just did a, a short meditation of 10 or 15 minutes, and it really put me in such an excellent frame of mind, such a frame of mind of appreciation for all the beauty, all the opportunities, all the love that we have as human beings. And it was amazing how the energy of the city, that frazzled energy, pretty much dissipated in 10 or 15 minutes. And, you know, I'm going to do that more often in the course of my day, just pause for 10 or 15 minutes when I'm feeling that energy. Do you guys ever uh, find the need to do that during the course of the day? Hilda. Go for it. Go for it, John. Well, I like to call it uh, like a reset. Uh, I like to call it emptiness uh, because as long as we are here, we're in, 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 in this body, we are going to have all of the limitations and sense of separation that comes with it because of the senses. The, the five senses that we have are very limited, uh, but that's the only tools that we have to be able to experience the material world. And so it is very easy to get lost in what I call lost in the doing, in the daily things, and we are also being bombarded by a lot of uh, unconscious beings that are creating all of this negative energy, if you will, uh, without knowing exactly how it works, and that in itself affects us in the material world. So it is important to do, like meditation is good, uh, I like to just be and just empty myself uh, of all of that and, and, and attune to my inner being. And that's like what I call is a, a reset, if you will. Yeah, and I think I did that when I got back from, from my walk. And it was amazing how it put me in a whole different frame of mind. Uh, and, and it's so true what you said, John, that there are so many things that we're bombarded with on a daily basis, especially for those of us that live in major urban areas and, uh, you know, all the stress of uh, the normal routine of the day and all the people and all the noise and things like that. So it's really important to, to take care of ourselves and to, and to be aware that that's probably the most important thing we can do is to be in that place where we're appreciative, where we're present, and we're ready for whatever is going to happen. And, you know, with that in mind, you know, John, we had such a, uh, such a great few um, uh, discussions over the last few weeks and so many things to think about. I mean, we mentioned a lot over the last two weeks. One of the things that comes to mind after thinking about our conversations is the notion of respect. Um, if either one of you want to talk about what that means for you and how you use that on a daily basis in your interactions with other people, because I think that's a really important um, idea to project out into the universe. I totally agree. No, I just want to say something about respect, and, and I've just learned this on a spiritual level because I've been meditating a lot lately thanks to John pointing the way to the understanding that I am not my thoughts. And so just by observing thought patterns, the thought patterns that, that come into my mind, I've learned to realize that they're just there because of the always already way of being or maybe wanting to please people in society or, you know, whatever. Whatever thought I have, it's not necessarily who I am, but before I became aware of that, I was my thoughts. So I was living in a reactive mode versus a pro, a pre, a re, I'm coming from source now. What do you call that? What is that, John? I'm not reacting anymore, so I'm being more conscious you're, of who I am. Well, there you, you're creating, you now have the awareness to create a, a space, if you will, between what the outer world is and what it's representing itself and what your true uh, spiritual essence is, which is really not affected by that. Now, uh, getting back to the respect, the respect that you're talking about, in my opinion, is 
respecting the free will of every other being, no matter what that may be, that being might be choosing at that point, because at the end of the day, there is no right and there is no wrong. Well, John, I agree with that, but how do you tell that to people who are constantly judging people's behavior? How do you make them come around to that understanding? Well, if you're, I can because I know I have been there and I have been on that other end of it, okay? So I know what it is to be that. And I can tell you, I was not happy when I was in, in, the, in judging. I was not happy. So because I was not allowing creation to be. I mean judging, and I remember this very clearly, I was telling the creator, you made a mistake, and how could you do that in a certain way? Because at the end of the day, how can anything be wrong when it is within the mind and the being of the creator? Here again, I totally, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. Hilda, did you want to add something? Well, I think um, just to add to what John is saying, it wasn't until... I became aware that I was not my thoughts, that I was creating these thoughts as a result of a reaction to a physical environment which I live in, in the material world, I didn't know the difference between being a creator or being reactive. I thought that that was real. I thought that that was as real as like the tree, you know. I mean, the tree is a lot more than just the limbs, you know. Um, I am not limited to that anymore, and I have actually created opportunities that have come to me without me actually being necessarily manipulating the situation, which is so weird. It's beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, I I just came from an appointment. I didn't meditate before the show. I'm just coming off an appointment that I put together for an opportunity, and it just was amazing. I had no agenda. I didn't come with any paperwork. I wasn't prepared, and it worked out beautifully. It was like, oh, my God, I like this feeling. It's just the conversation flowed, and everyone is happy, and I didn't even really have much to say other than putting certain people in touch with each other, which I felt on an intuitive level, and it was just perfect. So imagine living your life in the flow. I mean, that's what what I'm doing now. I'm living in the flow. Right, quite a different feeling from the way... Right. So that's quite a different feeling from the way it used to be, let's say, six months or a year ago. Or even a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It doesn't go away. It's it's just a constant thing. It's like when I master one aspect of my life, it's like a hurdle race. I got to go, you know, it doesn't end. It's, It's like life for me now has become a process and there's no end in mind. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not like I ever get there. I I used to think that life was all about getting to a certain goal, whether it be financially or status-wise or education or diploma. Now I realize it's it's just about being. It's not about getting there. It's about being there, here now. And it's a completely different Mm. feeling. And it's it's something that I I really can't do for anyone else also. So what I've appreciated about you and John is you've got this point. You don't judge. I mean, I act crazy sometimes. I probably say really stupid things, but the creator is not that. You know, I'm judging myself. When I'm judging other people, I realize I'm I'm only a person that judges. I'm not really creating. You know what I mean? It's almost destructive. So the more I, I... get away from that old behavior pattern, the more alive I become and the more present I am to what the universe has offered me, whatever it is. You know, when the three of us get together, we've thrown about the notion of oneness. I know there's a book called Oneness that you love, Hilda. The whole idea that we're all one on a spiritual level is also an evolving idea. And I think it has huge ramifications because if you really believe that, the way in which you interact with everybody throughout your day is forever altered. Now, what's your concept of oneness, Hilda, in terms of the people that you meet and everything that you do? Do you really implement that now? I have become conscious of the fact 
that we are all one. And so everything that I perceive is my reality. The difference between who I was and who I am now is that I'm creating space around every situation and everyone that I'm meeting to just allow them just to be. So I'm actually free now. I'm free of my judgment. I'm free of how people show up. People show up however they show up, but I don't have a judgment about it. So now we have a relationship. There's more ability to have a conversation. Before, you know, my background is engineering. I mean, I thought everyone was really stupid. How could they not figure this out? <laughs> I mean, I was living in my judgment, right? I wasn't living in the situation. So actually, I was depleting myself of my own life or my own ability to have meaningful relationships and really connect on this energetic level, which is much higher than where I've come from. And I thank you both for participating in my life in this process and, and, and hearing me out. I know that neither of you have ever judged me in, in the years that I've known you, and, and it makes a big difference. It may have a huge. So I want to share what, what I've learned with other people. And I think that's the only way to get them to, to really understand what it feels like. I've had some very difficult meetings in the past couple of weeks. I'm dealing with a very difficult project, and, and suddenly it's become a lot easier because I realize it is what it is. People are doing the best they can and allowing them just to be and not judging them has helped me take that to another level, and they're becoming more open, more honest, more willing to work with me because they know they're not being judged. They can't do no wrong. I've I've recognized the God or the greatness in everyone, and it's it's been a real challenge to get to that point in myself. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? Uh, Yes, definitely. And it sounds like instead of reacting to whatever uh, somebody else says, say, in that particular uh, project, you are, in effect, creating the energy around that situation, and you're altering, you're shifting it by your perception being shifted. In other words, instead of reacting, the reality that you perceive as yours is becoming more and more a reflection of your own conscious thoughts. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the process, folks, that everyone is striving to get to. Because when you experience that, it is truly a miracle. John, what do you think about that? Well, everything, uh, once you come and you allow creation to be the way it is, and then master the thought of your reaction to what is, then you can really write your own destiny. Wow. So we're authors of our own reality, basically. And it's not about... We are... It's all about, it's all within our own being. It's all within our own consciousness. It's all within our own thoughts. And the way, uh, the easiest way for me it has been is just saying yes and allowing this moment to be the way it is because it already is. And so by allowing it to be and saying yes, there is no negative, there is no uh, uh, energy, you know, fighting. There is no, there is just a smooth, loving energy flowing. And then after that yes and that, uh, that allowance, you can at that moment in time, that now, change your focus to something else and change everything. It kind of opens up other possibilities other than that thought pattern keeping you in that space of judgment. I mean, this is what I mean by saying now things are flowing. They're flowing easier more and more, and it's almost like like it's, it's, it's a miracle. It's, it's magic. It's, it's the like, hand. I don't have, it's, it's like the, the hand. hand. You, the hand. You try hand. to grab it. You try to grab something and there is a tension, okay? And there will always be a tension. But when you put your hands like in the receiving mode, there is no tension. 
Because at the end of the day, we really don't do anything except think. But think, but you're not your, your thoughts. I mean, you use your mind as a tool. It doesn't use you kind of thing, right? I mean, is that... It is. It is. The mind is the steering wheel for the creator's energy. Wow. It's isn't so it nice fascinating that the yeah, way I most people yeah isn't it fascinating that the way most people are conditioned the, mo- the way most people operate is exactly the opposite everyone tries to control and ma- manipulate and further their agenda so with and look at the results look at the chaos that's created as a result of that modus operandi it is what it is this is our challenge to not get sucked in the way right. I look at it now. You right. know, it's going on around me, but I, you know, I'm observing it, and it's not impacting me like it used to. I used to react to everything. Everything everyone said, I felt like I had to say the, you know, the right thing or have the last word. Now, it's kind of ironic. I've become a lot more silent in conversations, and the conversation's a lot more meaningful because I'm not really saying much. I'm just listening. So you feel that you don't have to prove as much as you did before? I don't have to prove anything. You know, right. this is weird. I mean, this is a real transformation. I, I feel like um, for the first time in my life, I'm in touch with my ability to create my life versus a life was, that was created for me that I was reacting to. And it was very stressful. Uh, even though I have difficult situations I'm still dealing with, I'm dealing with it with ease. There's a lot more ease. It's like I'm not reacting to all these things that used to bother me. In fact, I'm a lot freer now to just be myself, and I'm not afraid to just express myself from who I really am. And, and, and you know, to, to have a conversation like this is so meaningful because I'm always empowered. I always feel energized after we talk and have these conversations because there's so much power in just being it's like my, my true essence has come to life, and, and there's nothing wrong with me. I used to think there's so much wrong with me because I, you know, I, cause I couldn't fix something. You know, I used to be in the fix mode, and so I thought maybe I failed somehow, so I was identifying with a failure that I am not. That was all an illusion, you know, and, and, and thanks to John pointing the way, I realized that that was just an illusion, and I was sucked into it like it was real. Huh. I'm blown away by this whole thing. Could you right, talk yeah. a little bit about the mind and the flagpole, John? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great that, image. That's a, yeah, but that's a, that's a very – I don't think that that's a, too long of a story uh, to make an impact. Uh, I, I don't want to take up all this time uh, to tell that story. Uh, I think that we'll leave it for another show another time. Well, you know, John, um, I think Hilda raised another point, which is worth going into, because for anyone listening to the show, for someone who's perhaps not familiar with these ideas that we're talking about, the whole concept of illusion versus reality could conceivably be a little confusing. I think we should talk about that a little bit because Hilda mentioned that in her comments. Um, And to start off that conversation, I'll say how I perceive illusion versus reality. I mean, the way I've come to understand it is that every one of us is living in our own virtual reality. And, And what we consider our reality is very, very particular to ourselves and the thoughts that we're creating, which in turn actually create our physical reality. And people talk about, well, this isn't real, that's not real, this is real, that's not real. They make these distinctions when the way I see it now, we're all in our own little dream state. That dream state is in a sense an illusion, but what we would commonly call reality. And my dream state, my notion of reality, interacts with everyone else's notion of reality on the planet. So there really isn't one reality. In effect, 
there are six billion realities being created by every human being that's on the planet. And so that also ties in with the notion of respect when you interact with another human being in terms of how to treat their dream, which they consider to be their reality. Guys, any comments on that? Hilda, you want to go? Well, I had an experience today with someone that I had lost patience with, but I didn't lose patience today because I realized by just keeping my mouth shut and listening, I was able to understand their reality, and their reality was the same as my reality. I just didn't realize it because they were discussing it in a different way. It's like someone from a different country that doesn't speak our language having the same ideology or the same thoughts that I can't understand because I don't speak their language. Now, in my spiritual reality, I have become more patient and just allowed people to have their peace, to speak their mind. And now I'm realizing I can connect much better, much easier without insisting on my reality being their reality, which is really the biggest transformation I've come across. What's happened to me is I no longer am attached to that reality, which actually has an ever-changing point of balance. I mean, I'm always shifting what I'm thinking about situations as I learn more about the situation or learn more about the person I'm talking to or learn more about what they're going through in their life, and I'm becoming more empathetic and more compassionate. So things are beginning to flow a lot easier because I drop the judgment and in, in so doing I'm not judging myself as much it's kind of weird I can't really explain I don't know if I'm explaining that clearly but whatever whatever I am whatever I do is, is a reflection of who I am not them so I'm no longer blaming or using the outside world to as a justification to do whatever it is I'm supposed to do or react the way I should react. I'm, I'm just coming from a completely different space. And, and what's opened up for me is people are just coming to me out of the blue. <laughs> it's, just like, it's, it's like I've become more attractive in a, in, a, in a sense to more possibilities that were never there before because people were turned off energetically by someone who I used to be state of judgment. I think judgment is a big deal to get over. I mean, we judge, you know, all the time. I mean, this is something that, that I've had a real difficult time getting over, being raised, you know, Catholic, Cuban, whatever. You know, we have a lot of rules and you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So um, I've had to let go of all that to be me. So it sounds, Hilda, like you getting back to the point of illusion versus reality, that inherently you're respecting other people's version of reality, their illusion, their maya, if you will. And as a result, your world is opening up since you're, you're, you're recognizing that everyone has the right to believe whatever they want. And if someone else is on the same page as you, great. You guys can agree on it, but they don't have to be for you to show that respect. And in other words, understanding that there isn't one reality, there are six billion realities created individually by every human being. Uh, John, do you want to add any thoughts to that? Yeah, and I just want to add that there's billions of realities within the one. Because, and that's the masterful, that's where the illusion can come in and the hard or the, uh, the, the, to be able to conceptualize it all, it's all of these realities being played out within the one reality. What's the one well, reality? The one reality Probably. is the mind and the being of the creator. Okay. Um, also known as the source, where the energy comes from, consciousness, the ultimate source you're, you're talking about. Is that correct, John? Yeah. Yes. Right. So, so it's all almost... these realities are all coming into play at the same time, is what you're saying, John, right? We're all one, so there's infinite possibilities in any one instant moment. And the, the, the cool thing about it is we have the power to change our reality 
and we do moment by moment. So we really create our reality with our belief system and our thoughts. And this goes back to where uh, if you do not want something in your life, do not think about it. Think about only that which you want. So focus on what you want because whatever you focus on, whether you want it or not, will show up. Exactly. That's why people say, oh, my God, look at what happened to me, but they're not looking at the conversations, the inner conversations that are happening in their mind. Okay. And once people start to look at the inner conversations and the inner thought patterns, they will start to realize that they are thinking and they are having these conversations of things that they really would not want in their own life. And that's where the, the fallacy and the, the, uh, about <clears throat> gossiping. When you're gossiping, huh? you are creating that reality for yourself. So you're going to start attracting these same energies. I totally and, agree, and I have been experiencing this. Hilda, have you noticed a, um, uh, a reduction in the amount of time you're around people gossiping uh, or and gossiping Actually, yourself? I am avoiding those conversations at all costs because I realize you know, it rubs off, se pega in Spanish, you know, it just, you know, dime con quien anda, you know, tell me who you are, tell me who you hang around with, and I'll tell you who you are. I think it's really important. I've noticed how I've been able to reduce all this stuff, this yuck, negative stuff, is by just avoiding those situations in the first place, you know, just avoiding the people because those people are very intent, and, and, I, and I'm, still green at this. I'm new at this. I mean, I, this is a, a shift that has just happened within the last few months. It's very easy to get dragged down. You know, you notice you have a conversation about something or someone's having a conversation about something, and then suddenly you're thinking about those things in your life that relate to their conversation. And if it's not negative, I mean, if it's negative, then you start thinking, like, I just got through this appointment with this guy, and he was telling me that his problem is having with his system on his business. And, and I was thinking about the problem that I'm having, and I'm thinking, you know what? I don't want to have these problems. But I said, why don't we shift this conversation and talk about what you want? What is it that you really want? What do you desire? So I was able to shift that conversation because I was recognizing that if I don't take, make a conscious effort to shift, I can't raise that conversation. It, goes, it deteriorates down to more gossip and more bullshit and more crap. Excuse my language. Um, <laughs> so just being aware of it has helped me raise the energy level of the conversations by not even having a conversation. Like I've started telling people, you know, that's gossiping and I don't deal in gossip anymore. I'm actually standing up for something. I'm standing, I'm standing for no gossip in my life. But it's very difficult because that's how people spend most of their time. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Like I suddenly become aware of it and it's everywhere. So, so the way I deal with it, I just, I avoid it. I just, I just avoid it. I, t- I take myself away from that situation and that environment so that I don't have to be subject to this conversation. And it's helping me a lot because I'm finding more pleasure in talking with you or John than spending time with my girlfriend's gossiping. And just think about all the energy and time wasted that people spend in the gossip mode in this world. What what kind of a different world it would be. Let's just imagine for a moment if people did not spend so much time talking about other people and complaining about what they in effect have created for themselves. Imagine that world for a moment. I think John Lennon did. I think John Lennon did in his song Imagine. (laughs) You know, I was thinking of the same thing. I believe that. Imagine all the world living as one, you know? You may think I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I mean, I just, I, I really, these, it's, it's great to be around people like that, like you guys, because you exemplify these spiritual traits that, that I am connecting to, and it's so blissful. It's the best word I can use is bliss, pure bliss. And it feels good, good not to have to have, be weighed down, 
by other people's gossip or thoughts and, and to stand up for, for who I am or, or maybe a higher level of being, you know, and then it rubs off on them. Just as much as their interaction rubs off on me, I think we have the power to rub off on other people, and I think that that's what I'm noticing in my life. I mean, it's the relationship with my family and, you know, taking care of my elderly parents, and it used to be such a drag before, and now I look forward to it. It's really amazing. I no longer judge them as being 92 or 87 with these issues. I, I just see them as spiritual beings having a human experience, and their bodies are expiring. And there's nothing wrong with that. They don't have to be 18. They don't have to be who they used to be. And it's helping them get through life. It's, it's just, I can't even, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. It's just very, very rewarding. You know, you raise an interesting point when you briefly mentioned uh, the age of your parents because I think we should talk a few moments about time and the whole idea of aging. John, what's your conception about time and aging? How do you see it? Well, uh, uh, well, uh, the process of the human, when the spirit comes and takes up the tool, the instrument of the body, uh, there is a process. There is a process of the aging process of the body. But what powers the body, what is using the body for the experience, will never age, is going to be, and will always be. And the thing is to know, uh, at least for me, is I have come to understand that I am not my thoughts, I am not my emotions, I am not my personality, I am not my body. Those are my tools, and I am the master. And so, so you're truly the creator. You, you're creating. Absolutely, absolutely, and so is everybody else, because everybody is a spiritual being having a human experience if they accept it or not, and everybody is creating their own reality if they accept it or not. So do you think that people once they accept this, can actually realize that they are the creator? Because, you know, it's, if it works for you and it works for me, why can't it work for everyone? You know, why doesn't uh, everyone it? It does, but it, it's all belief. It's all what you... If you don't accept something, okay, you're not going to see it in your reality. It's going to be it. foreign. You're pushing it away. So first it's going to be acceptance. Then there comes the exploration, Okay coming to demonstrate because all of these things and uh, everybody, uh, I mean, Hilda, you have your demonstrations. Uh, uh, Robert, you have your demonstrations. I have my demonstrations of these truths and these concepts because uh, in my book, spirituality without demonstration is a philosophy and I am not a philosopher. So everything that I talk about, I can quantify. It is a reality. It is real. And if it's real for me, I'm not better than anybody else. So describe demonstration. So spirituality without demonstration is like not applied kind of thing. So you can talk about spirituality, but if you're not living it in your day-to-day, it's just a philosophy. Is that, is that clear? I mean, is that what you're saying? Right. Exactly, exactly. So living your life from this spiritual perspective or, or from, from your source basically is demonstrating that this is your reality. And this demonstrating that this has no power. See, life, and no matter what it, I have created and I see in front of me, has no power to take away my peace and my joy. Got it. Unless, That's the key. Um, Unless I allow it. And if I allow it, then it's my choice. So I'm creating. Wow. So it sounds almost world, simple. Well, it is. And that's the, pro- that's the biggest problem for the human conceptualized intellect. It is too, too good to be true, 
this is too good to be true. And so people are like uh, programmed that if it's too good to be true and you don't have to study, if you don't have to do this, and if you don't have to do that, you're not going to get it. Well, it's not true. The only thing that you do is have to change your thinking and your beliefs, and you're there. It's a choice. Wow. So in essence, you're really creating your reality whether you choose to or it's done to you. I mean, you know, the choices that you make become your reality. They manifest as your reality. And the, the choices, the thoughts that you carry, because before the word was the thought, okay? And so creation is a thought. Not a, the word is secondary. And that's the biggest, I think, you know, um, error that has been taught to us. You know, they talk in the, uh, in the, 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 the word, uh, you know, but preceding the word was that thought. So creation really is a thought. The universe is mental. But in the beginning there was a word, and the word was God, and God was the word. So but before missing, the word was the thought, the thought, so, you see. So we don't think there was God. That's the problem. Well, but there is only God. Wow. And how is and so, it that we don't accept the fact that God is within us? Well, because of your, you have accepted a certain belief system, and whatever you believe becomes the law and the truth onto your being. That is the program that is going to work your subconscious, and that is your autopilot reaction to what is. So it's almost like we're lazy by not really being conscious, or, or we're just kind of defaulting into the always already way of being, which is just a reactionary mo- mo- model way of being, because it's just a habit. It's just a habit. And because it, it is an, an accepted belief system that becomes automated and then you become a reaction to what is and then you're reacting to what you created. But since you don't believe that you created it, this is something that God or some other power outside of you, then you're in that vicious circle of reacting for what you don't like but never having the power to change what you don't like. Because you're not accepting responsibility for the fact that you created it. Exactly. Or you're not cognizant of it or not aware of it. uh, John and Hilda, I have a question for both of you. How can we get people to begin to experience, understand, and then accept that they have this power? What are some suggestions in that regard? To, To be silent. That just comes to mind right away. Be silent. Experience your thoughts. Don't fight them. I mean, I, I meditate a lot, and I recognize that in my meditation, I have lots. And as I meditate deeper and deeper, longer and longer, the thoughts just kind of dissipate like a little, like on, I put them on a little leaf going down the river or something. You know, I, just, I realize that they're always going to be there. So I'm not fighting them. But the difference is I'm not paying attention to them. That's the difference for me. So I'm not paying attention to those thoughts, and I'm not those thoughts. I have become aware of the fact I'm greater than those thoughts because I created those thoughts. So now I can create other thoughts, <laughs> you know, like other, like, you know, other realities other than those limited, those thoughts are very limiting or were very limiting. And in, in prior shows, John, we talked about the idea of thought forms. And the thought form precedes the actual manifestation in the physical reality. So if people are experiencing things they don't like in their reality, they could, in effect, uncreate it by changing their thought forms and seeing whether that will have an effect on this physical reality. I think that's one way for people to experience this power that we're talking about so they could understand it on a level other than the intellect. John, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree, and it goes back to becoming the observer, the watcher of, first and foremost, the the conversations that one has in mind. And I remember very, at the beginning of all of this, 10 years ago, uh, I would look and I would, uh, 
start a thread, if you will, of thinking of a conversation with somebody, and I would literally slap myself and say, John, we are not going there now. And I would pull back that uh, thread and empty myself. And that's how I practice at the beginning of looking at my thoughts and to the point that, well, now I am spend my time empty, not thinking, and I am just taking in what is. But if I want something, I create from this emptiness, and then this emptiness has that energy of the creator because it's not my energy, it's not my power. I am only fearing it, if you will. So you become like a channel. You're a conduit. Oh, yes. You become a conduit for your source. Yes. Versus the other way around. That's very powerful. I'm so glad you said that. It's, so, it's you know, it's a, tr- it's a transition. I mean, it's a definitely a transformation process. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I've been talking to you guys, what, Sean, for you a couple of years, and and since I read your book, Bunnergy, Robert, I mean, it's transformed how I do business, but it's amazingly lucrative these days. But I'm not really, like, I'm pulling my hands in. It's amazing. And it's like, oh, my God. And I was mentioning in my last appointment the book, Bunnergy, and everyone wants it now. And I have a client that bought the book and, and it's, it's transformed her life. It's amazing how one person, one thought, or one influence that you have in your life can change your entire life. Thank you for that, Robert. Oh, you're you're welcome. Uh, and I I think that uh, apropos of what you just said, uh, both of you, uh, just to let the listeners know, um, I don't even consider that to be my book in the proprietary sense. That book came through me directly from the source. I was just the messenger. I was the conduit for that book. I don't claim responsibility like they're my ideas, and I'm going to like hang on to them for dear life. It was the complete opposite experience the way that book came into creation. Well, thank you for taking the time to actually write it. You know, you had something to do with the fact you took the time. I mean, it takes a lot of discipline to actually sit down and like that. That really impacts the lives of so many people. I mean, that's how we met through the right. book that my daughter gave me that you gave her. And I said, I told Alex when I was through with the book, my daughter, I got to meet this guy. Right. How the heck did he come up with this stuff? It, it, it must have been coming from a higher source. Well, you know, actually, um, you know, thank you for um, that praise, but I, I have to also just say that the book actually wrote itself. It was almost effortless. Wow. It just came well, through. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, you know, and, and that's uh, things like this, when books like this come, to be, they come uh, from the spiritual octaves, the higher octaves, because it's a very inspiring, very uh, 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 new way to look at things. Because I even applied from my uh, things uh, of like how to redirect energy that I never thought. So I have picked up some really cool things that fit right into my belief system, and so. That's why no person is an island. Nobody has every answer. Nobody has the whole thing because we're too many and too many part of the one. Right. And no one is an island. So, so what, what you mean by that, no one is an island. No, no one, so we're all interconnected and we're all, we're all interdependent. One. We're all one. It comes back, we're coming full circle to what we talked about in the beginning of the program. It proves that we're all one. And, and, and you know, and one of the big problems that people have today is this emphasis on knowledge. You know, we're such a knowledge-based society, and people don't want to accept things unless it's proven to them logically. Of course, increasingly, people are willing to intuitively grasp things. Obviously, there's a huge shift in consciousness going on in this country as well as in the world. But still, it's only, there are a lot of doubters who want, it. show me the proof, show me the proof, they'll say to you. Well, you know, I think programs like this in our discussion will challenge people. You may not believe what we're talking about, 
try it and see. See if it resonates with you. If you experience it, that's the only way it's going to be real for you. And I say that to all our listeners. You shouldn't believe anything that I say, that John says, that Hilda says. If it doesn't ring true for you, then it's not your reality. It's not resonating for you. And that's really true for everyone with every idea that you put out there. There is no need to impose it on anybody. We're just suggesting things. We're not even saying that this is the ultimate way to be. We're talking about our experiences and the conclusions we've come to in a world that's obviously going through some seismic shifts. So what you're saying is believe it, then you'll see it. Yeah, and the good news is it's okay to believe whatever you want you choose to. It's okay. Exactly. There is no right, there is no wrong. There is just pure, unlimited, infinite beingness. Wow. I like the fact that there's no right or no wrong because when you start coming from that perspective, things just are what they are exactly and you by allowing creation to be the way it is there is an inner peace and an inner joy and from that inner peace and inner joy then you can create out of unconditional love without trampling on the free will of others wow (sighs) I feel energized already. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true. You know, when you hear the truth, like like goosebumps, you know, and every time I talk to you guys, I get goosebumps. You know, it's like, wow, how how was I so fortunate to come across people like you that reflect back to me truths that are universal and have actually helped me You've helped me transform into the me, the person that I've always been that I didn't know I could be. <laughs> I don't know. It's wonderful. Well, it's a, it's a great thing to experience this type of shift that we're talking about. And in case it's not clear to anyone listening, anybody can do that. It's, you don't have to be from a certain part of the country. You don't have to have a certain education. You don't even have to be speaking English. You could probably just feel the energy. No, only kidding. We're I talking was just in English. That. We don't have to speak the same language. <laughs> I know we're talking in English, but it isn't the same. You can but see the truth people's is, eyes. Yeah, but the truth is, everything we're talking about is available is available to every human being on the planet. We're not special. We've just experienced this, and we're sharing this information. That's it. That's well, the good news is that. Everybody, everybody listening and everybody is a spiritual being and having a human experience. So everybody already is what we are talking about. The, the thing that happens is people are not aware of the, and they do not look at it as we are looking at it. More and more people, though, I did have... Yes these amazing encounters yesterday and and since we have a mutual friend that we that you have influenced both of us we're now coining that phrase when these miracles happen that's a john gallo moment i'm like yeah that is (laughs) (laughs) and that's a sidebar conversation i'm not going to get into it right now but anyway it's just really rewarding to have mutual friends that are now you know exposed to this and, and experiencing it in their own lives, I see the joy in their face as a result of this encounter that I had yesterday with one of our mutual friends, John. He texted me this morning and said, we have to have this kind of day every, once a week. I'm like, okay, no problem. Let's do it. Um, and so I'm now making myself available with my full schedule, my full agenda. I don't even know where the time's going to come from, but I'll make it fun. You know what I mean? But time is another interesting concept. You know, we we live in a world that's so frantic calendars agendas time management when in reality um time is another concept and how do you view time now hilda based on based on the shifts you've gone through it's timeless i i just i just go with it i go with it with it i just follow 
my energy. I mean, my, my energy takes me, like, you know, when I had to go to the hospital with my dad because he had these issues, that's what I had to do. It wasn't on my calendar. I didn't plan for it. But I dealt with it, and it was perfect. And you know what? And that's I think the, time is the, infinite. Well, and that's the acceptance of what is. See, it exactly. happens, and you, just, and you just said yes to it, and by saying yes to it, it brings a very good, loving energy to the situation. But if you say, oh, my God, and then you start saying, what does this happen to me? That's sending a very negative energy into the situation, and what is happening is it's being reflected back to the whole situation, and you're going to be the recipient of that negative energy. John, Isn't I have a question. It's yeah. a mirror. Yeah, it, it is. I have a question for you, John, apropos of what you just said. What if you're in a situation at work or in a personal relationship, and let's say somebody's boss is trying to impose a revised work schedule <laughs> on somebody that they don't like, um, and it, is, it could be construed as a trampoline on the other person's free will. Give us some ideas as to how to deal with that. Well, uh, the, the, the thing is, is just to separate yourself from the, uh, the situation. In other words, what I say, I, I, well, I'm trying, let me try to explain this, is, yeah, this is happening, but I am not this job. I am a spiritual being, and I am playing in this little video game of this job, but I am not that, and I am not going to allow this person or this situation take away my peace and I know because I know what and who I am. So okay, but how, whatever, how, do you say, how do you say yes to somebody trying to impose something that you don't want, that your free will is telling you you don't want it? What do you do? Well, you do want it because you have accepted and you're, paid, you're accepting a paycheck from this company. Okay? You know so, what? Okay. Let me, let me take that it, one. I want to and so about that. there is a uh, an acceptance. So if there's something that you really don't want, you can remove yourself from it, and that's the free will we have. But instead of Absolutely. like, and so instead of fighting it, the what I what I do because you know is accepting what is okay. He wants to do this. I am going to go a hundred percent with agreeing with it even if he's trying to do it out of another, uh, you know, trampling on my free will and whatever. I am going to allow him to be because I created the situation in the first place because I put myself there so that I can experience it. And this person is only playing back to my... And so how is... So instead of saying, this is look at this son of a bitch and all of this thing... I allow the being to be the way he is, and I accept it with a yes. Unless you and choose to, let's say... Perfect. Right, unless you choose to, let's say, leave the situation using your free will. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But I guarantee you that if you accept what is and allow it, and you can use the, uh, a very powerful tool, which is, Forgive this person for trampling on your free will and forgiving yourself for putting yourself in this position for him to do that to you. And when you do that, there is an energy shift in the whole situation and there will be a shift in how this person will... So the person will show up differently. It will show up differently because you've forgiven them for they know not what they do, so to speak. Right. Yes, yes, because they're unconsciously, they don't know the, how the works, what it works, how it works of the uh, universal mirror. They don't know about the oneness. They don't know about uh, uh, the unconditional love because they are trapped in their human uh, personality and ego. And so they're not seeing the vastness of the, of the universe, of the creator, and, and how it all operates. Wow. So they're not really coming from that space that you're describing, that you're coming from. Like I have a case in point where in my office they hired a new sales manager, and he's come up with this agenda for the week that we all should conform to. And, and 
Guys, guys, I hate to interrupt. We're running out of time, and we're going to have to continue this on another occasion. John Gallo, Hilda Miller, thank you for being my guests on Monogy Life. What a fascinating talk. And I promise our listeners I'm going to bring back my two friends, John and Hilda, for another chat. We we have to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you for having uh, having me on. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Good night. This is Robert Fisher, host of Monogy Life. Hope you have a great evening. Good night, everybody. All the best. Bye-bye.